Welcome to Dream Deep. Stories from inside with Molly and Nikki. Together we share stories, interviews, and ideas about what it means to dream deep and live fully. I'm Molly, a mama to three, a wife and owner of a small business in Virginia, Molly Suzanne, a photography company recently expanding to do custom coloring books and acrylic paintings. I'm Nikki Weaver, an artist, a healer, mover, maker, mama to two, wife to one, and currently building work with incarcerated women and women on the outside through a nonprofit called On the Inside, living in Portland, Oregon. Right, we're we're back. We're we're already deep in conversation. We're just letting whoever's listening into our conversation. I guess. Hello. <laughs> Molly, you're talking to us from your new house, which is pretty cool. Yes, it's a very clean space because there's nothing in it right now, so it's very echoey. But it's nice for recording a podcast <laughs> I, love it. I love it i'm i'm standing uh at my massage table sort of stretching while the kids are downstairs in the basement maybe doing schoolwork, maybe doing something else <laughs> but, but we we were just starting to dive into spirituality and i'm so curious molly do you want to talk a little bit about what you were saying around spirituality and what you're reckoning with currently yeah yeah i would love to so just chatting a little bit with my therapist yesterday and just kind of a little confused about um, what spirituality means to me and how I want to raise the, my children and what foundation I want to lay for them mm-hmm. and also giving them the freedom to decide what they feel is right for them as they you know get to be older and my daughter's almost a teenager my youngest is eight and to me uh, growing up it was Uh, my mom and dad have the biggest hearts of anyone I know and um, grew up in the Mennonite faith and really appreciate a lot about my Mennonite background. However, just kind of a little confused about what spirituality means to me. So I was asking my therapist, Hey, why does this feel wrong to go to church where it literally feels like everybody's pretending like a little play is happening and everybody's got these smiles and there's nothing wrong. And you're just, woohoo! doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel real because I know that life has ups, downs, highs, lows, everybody has stuff. And like, why can't we talk about that? You know? Mm-hmm. And so she explained to me, and this really sunk in and hit me to the core that spirituality uh, is personal and it's inward and it's what you feel in your heart is what is your truth Mm -hmm. and the religion which is the outwardly man-made um you know say mennonite brethren buddha whatever your you know Scientology, whatever your your path is to that is your own personal choice and it looks different for everyone and that it's okay not to want to continue with what you grew up in or you can 
you know, that's your choice and your path. So, mm. um, but I would love to know, Nikki, your, a little bit about your upbringing and sort of what spirituality means to you. Yeah, spirituality. It's funny when I hear the word religion, I almost like run out the door screaming. Um, yeah. And and it's so interesting because I have a lot of close friends that are deeply religious, different faiths, you know, Catholic, Mormon, uh, Baptist, Buddhist. Um, but my parent, my mom's family grew up Scientologist. Um, that's how my mom was raised. And my dad's family grew up strict Catholic. And as I was growing up, I went to mostly Catholic schools, um, not so one Catholic school in the United States, actually, which is where I met some of my closest friends. Um, that was, you know, fourth grade time. So I have three very close friends from that time in my life. Um, and then I moved to Australia and I went to an all girls Catholic school and mostly because my dad believed it would be the best form of education that it would be stronger than going to public school. And uh, it was very strict. I mean, talk about discipline. The first three years that I was there, Molly, it was um, it was run by the nuns and the nuns lived um, in their convent on the school campus. And uh, I mean, things that I remember were getting on my knees every week in the auditorium and they would walk past us with one of those rolling rulers. And if our skirts were more than two inches above our knees, you know, your knuckles went out and they whacked the hell out of your uh, knuckles and you got more wax, you know, if you yelped out loud or tears started rolling down your face. Oh, wow. And we were all lined up shoulder to shoulder on the ground. And, uh, you know, we had to wear these um, scratchy wool gray tights underneath our dresses during winter and there was lots of laughter or excuses as to tr everybody would try and get doctors medical certificates as to why they couldn't wear these wool tights because again you would get a whack if you didn't have them on and um, you know now, now I can laugh about it but I do remember it was sort of it felt as though the fear of God was often um, shoved forced into us and uh I remember spending most of my religion classes drawing on my arms with highlighters and pens and trying to not be seen by the nuns. And I think when I was in ninth or 10th grade, because in Australia, high school is um, seventh through 12th grade. And so it, when I was in ninth or 10th grade, that was the first time we got a principal and the nuns still lived on site, but they were no longer in charge of running the school. And so the discipline did change a little bit then. We still went to chapel every day and we went to full school mass once a week down the street at the main church. Um, and, and really what, what I liked about church was I liked community and I liked the music and liturgical dances occasionally. But I, I really had a hard time connecting or being forced to, we all say the same thing at the same time. We all drop to our knees at the same time. Um, we all put our hands up at the same time. We all turn our bodies this way. We turn our bodies that way. We shake each other's hands. Um, there was a lot about it that always felt forced to me, Molly. And instead of, um, instead of it being a practice religion, particularly Catholicism for me, instead of it being a way where I felt like I was understanding or wanted to be closer to spirit, I wanted to be further from it. I actually wanted to walk out the door, wanted to lock the doors. And so when I finished 12th grade, I remember thinking, thank gosh, I don't ever have to go back there. And, um, you know, it's interesting, right? Raising two girls, Brian growing up Mennonite, me sort of growing up Catholic, although I really rebelled against it. I rebelled against a lot of the rules and, and so did my mom. You know, my mom was 
divorced from my dad before that had been married previously also divorced and um I remember when my dad left her and I was still a kid and she said to me that she was no longer able to go up and receive um uh, I can't even think of the word for it now um Communion. Communion. Thank you. <laughs> when, when she was explaining to me that because she had been divorced, she could no longer receive communion in the church um, unless she had her marriage annulled. And, you know, I, this was before she died. So I was definitely younger than 10. But I remember trying to unpack what that meant. What did annulled mean? And she said, it means that I have to sign a piece of paper that says that that part of my life did not happen in order for me to be accepted in the church. And I remember as a kid thinking about, well, why would you wanna pretend that a part of your life hadn't happened? Like, isn't everything that's happened to us, doesn't that make us more of who we are and help us get closer to becoming who we wanna be? So she was defiant that she would not sign that piece of paper. And we still went to church. And I remember the first time, Molly, after she'd explained that to me when we were in church and communion was taking place and she looked at me and she winked, and she got in the communion line and got it anyway. And I slid under the pew because I was certain that a bunch of people were going to like turn around with their magnifying glasses or, you know, escort us out of the church. And I remember, huh? That's the way you would feel. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Outed, right. Outed, shamed, blamed, embarrassed, all, all, all of it. And I remember being really mad at her in the car afterwards and embarrassed and, you know, asking her why she had done that. And I mean, years later now, I'm like, that was awesome. She was a rebel. She was like paving the way and yeah. saying like, no, people don't lay judgment on, on me. I can lay judgment on myself, but nobody else should be able to lay judgment on my life choices. Yeah. And um, so that's, that's been my, I think like little piece of religion and also my step back from it. And like you, uh, you know, I love what your therapist says that, that spirituality is an inward journey, that it's an inward choice. Um, because I would say that I'm very spiritual, very grounded in spirit and, and with spirit for me comes ritual, you know, things that I connect to that are daily, weekly, you know, monthly rituals that I, that I love. Um, and so I think my practice, again, in raising two girls has been both Brian and I trying to talk openly about ways in which we were raised, things that we support, things that we don't, and that ultimately there are many different ways to connect to spirit. And that, like you say, you know, you have to choose your own, you have to pave your own way. And for, for the two of them, it might look like going to church, you know, and one of the things that I'd like to do is to take them to a bunch of different services. I keep sort of mentioning to Brian, why don't we walk down the street and go to the Baptist service one time? Why don't we go to the Mennonite service? Why don't we just let them have an experience of what it's like to sit in these different congregations? And um, yeah, we, ha we haven't done that as much yet. So that's awesome. I think you should, you should try it. Um, that's something that when you talk about your Catholic upbringing and the, the nuns and, and sort of that strict, you know, this is the way it's going to be and this is what you're going to believe and this is what is going to be pure truth and mm -hmm. we're just on to you mm -hmm. um, part of my upbringing was also like that in a, in a way maybe not to the extreme however I went to a Mennonite uh, school at seventh grade through 12th grade and graduated from high school from this school and you know 
at the time. You couldn't wear shorts. Same with, you know, skirts had to be um, no more than an inch above the knee. And, you know, just some of these rules that just felt so foreign to me. Mm. Um, you know, it's however hot today and I can't, I'm wearing pants, you know, what, what is the problem? Why? Mm -hmm. And um, I think just having an open mind is a, as a mom is something that I want to give my kids mm -hmm. and saying, this is what values Brad and I have. And, you know, you can choose your own path as you get older. However, these are the things that I take from my Mennonite faith that I appreciate. I appreciate that I got to tour Europe in a touring choir and I learned to bake amazing recipes and, you know, acts of service to others. To me, that's something that I do take away that I really love about my, my Mennonite faith. Um, instead of sort of dwelling on, you know, that I felt very forced, very pushed, and that that caused me to rebel for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my daughter just asked me yesterday, she's like really serious. She said, mom, did you go to parties in school? <laughs> and I said, oh yeah. And she goes, did you sneak out of the house? And I, oh yeah. <laughs> I was the baby of the family. I was the wild one, that's for sure. Not that my brothers weren't wild too. It's just my parents never knew about it. I always got caught somehow. Um, uh, but you know, just and and I think being vulnerable with your children too. Mm -hmm. I kept myself saying, "Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that to them," or "Oh," and then I'm I'm thinking, why not? Why not give them a lesson of um, these are the things that I did when I was young, and you know, I do have some regrets. And I do think there was a path that I took that was probably harder than if I would have, you know, sort of kept the straight and narrow. But, but however, it's, it's also made me who I am today. So I'm really grateful for the hard times as well as the good times. And, you know, that now being two years, almost next month sober. Alcohol. I mean, I loved to drink. It was, but you know, to me, it was like a bottle or two a day isn't sustainable to your body. And I, you know, it's like everything fell in line with, with treating my body as a temple. Mm -hmm. And then another part of like smoking and drinking just was like not serving me well. And so, you know, and I think my therapist said the other day or yesterday, she said, what would you tell your like telling talking to yourself and giving you that confidence that you were strong enough to not give in to alcohol for two years mm -hmm. and I'd say that's pretty strong and you should believe in yourself mm -hmm. you know because we I think are our own worst critics and we we believe we can't do it we believe we can't achieve and so I think that's a gift as a mom is being able to teach your children that failures can be learning lessons and giving them the freedom as they get older to make their own choices and fail. Mm, yeah. F failure, probably the key to success, right? And we have to mm -hmm. fail. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, just reflecting on listening to you, Molly, I sort of, I was scribbling some notes and um, I sort of thought too, I mean, you spoke to like what you got ultimately from growing up Mennonite. And I was thinking, yeah, 
what did Catholicism give me? Because I think, I think my parents could have kept me in it, not so much because they 100% believed everything about the religion, but because they believed in the structure of it being an educational setting that would serve me in life, you know, and I remember resenting it at the time. And now as I sort of listen to you, I really thought, oh, it did give me a lot. And the things I scribbled down where I wrote, it gave me discipline, which in the moment I sort of was like, mm. but, yeah. but, but really the first understanding when I think about discipline, it, it is a skill that served me in my life. I think about that in terms of my running career and then how it, the discipline I think that I really took out of those lessons were follow through. You know, when I say I'm going to do something, when I say I'm going to show up, when I when I make a decision, I, I go all the way, I go in. Um, and I think it also taught me about how to pay attention. You know, way back then it was forced attention, you know, or you would get smacked. Um, but it taught me how to pay attention and, and definitely the, the trying to force down my throat what I should believe, what should be the truth. Um, was where I rebelled, you know, um, cutting off all my hair, dying at wild colors, uh, climbing out of windows, you know, running around with my shirt off in a bra, all, all those things that, that, um, that, that sort of forced me to want to step outside of being told what I was and what I could or couldn't be or could and couldn't believe. But it, but it also, I think, um, maybe the music, maybe the community, maybe gathering side by side with people you know and don't know also taught me about um, how we honor life, the, the life that we're living and lucky to have and, and also um, how to honor death. I, I have a specific moment of a friend that committed suicide when I was in eighth grade and um, singing with, side by side with another student um, in the church and, and that moment of sort of just looking out into a congregation of people and I think those two things, like how we honor our lives and how we honor death are two things that have really stayed with me as I've like grieved my mom's loss and, you know, other friends in my life that I've lost, but, but that both are important. And um, I, I don't know that the Catholic church practices that all, all the time, but it's definitely something that I find I practice in my own home of, you know, creating altars for my mom around the time when she passed or, um, wanting to celebrate her birthday with my family, eating her favorite M&Ms, you know, even though she's not here, but, but finding small ways that I can still honor life and death, you know, in the same moment. Um, and, and in that, so really maybe it is from Catholicism. And as I'm speaking this out loud, I'm sort of trying to understand it, I think for the first time too, maybe it was growing up Catholic that taught me about how important rituals can or cannot be, you know, and, and, and in it, allowing me to grab hold of the ones that I wanted to, you know. Um, but I, I think you spoke to it beautifully too, of like, as as adults, through therapy, through deep conversations like this, through processing, we have the choice then to decide like what it is we are going to pass down to our kids or what it is we're going to share with them. And um, and how 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 much I love talking to you because I I believe that we offer curiosity to to each other you know and, and to our families and that it that it spirituality religion doesn't have to be one way um, yeah. right That's yeah so true. and you know I love what you said about honoring those that have gone before us because you know this is our only life and you know as you get older I mean I'm 
I'll be 36. So I'm not super old, but you do, you do start pondering life and death a little bit more as you get older. And um, especially if you've lost people close to you, like your mom. And I lost a, a really dear friend, one of my best friends when I was 15 in a car accident. And, you know, kind of, and a lot of um, grandparents around that same time and my horse and it was a really hard summer um, and you know as time passed after all of their deaths um, you know it was continued to be hard but I still think about my um, friend Christy who passed away when we were 15 and I still think about the color yellow was her favorite color and we um, released balloons at her service and um, her sister was in our wedding and my first wedding and you know it's just and now she had a baby which is crazy but just honoring that um, you know the legacy they left behind and how can we teach others about that while we're still here and what can we leave behind for the next generation mm -hmm. and I think we've really this is just my feeling lately is we're just so busy in our lives that it's just like we're just going through the motion but like we stop we forget to stop and and kind of look at what our life means and and how we're what we're leaving behind and what were, um, what are our lessons that we learned from the people that we love that are either still with us or not. And I think that's a really beautiful thing when you stop and you pause. And I've really been trying to listen more lately. Mm. Like I talk a lot. I even asked my son the other day, I was like, do I talk a lot? And he just gave me this smile, like, I love you. You kind of do talk a lot. <laughs> So I'm like really trying to learn how to listen and pause and think outside of myself and outside of just me, me, me in this culture of just like everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but lately it just seems like, you know, after COVID, everybody's so busy and I'm like, yeah, I want to get out, I want to do things. And it's just like, people are rude and the city and you're just like, really, you know, slow down. <laughs> I, Brian, Brian asked someone the other day, he said, do you, who, who do you think between Nikki and I listens more or talks more? Oh. <laughs> when he asked that question, I sort of laughed out loud and then I put my hand up and I said, well, I know the answer to that question before you even ask it. <laughs> and, and we sort of had this good laugh about it because I said, it is a great question, right? Do we listen or do we talk more? And that could be just ourselves or in our families, you know, rank it in order, you know, and see because maybe there is a time and a place for both, right? There's a time when we need to speak up more. And then there's a time when we also need to like back off and let somebody else have the table or have the floor. Um, yeah. I think that's a great re reflection. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a great thing to think about. Yeah, it's just kind of been on my heart lately. And I think that that's just, you know, something that we should all just sort of pause and in our routine, in our day-to-day -day life, you know, um, and this has challenged me lately too, is if somebody cuts me off in traffic, 
I'm like, instead of getting mad, which is my first, like, you know, like in the line to drop off the kids at school, there's like these moms that come flying up from the side and they think they're going to just cut right. And you're like, yeah. and then you pause and you're like, maybe they have something really hard going on in their life, or maybe they're just really bad and like extending that grace. And that is something I learned from my upbringing, you know, just like having grace with you know we all have stuff we all have moments where like some like you never know like somebody's pet could have just passed away and they're just really upset you know you tend to make assumptions but just kind of pausing and just extending grace mm, I love that it's beautiful yeah m- maybe next time Molly you should have like a great pair of glasses on or a bunch of flowers and you could just hand all those people a flower <laughs> out your window exactly <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll tell really change the game <laughs> <laughs> or put your hazards on and get out of the car and you know you need a hug come here <laughs> have a big sign on you that says free hugs yeah <laughs> that's the best uh, well, well so we've done, talked a little bit about spirituality today our, our upbringing anything else you want to add to the conversation or a way in which you want to close us out here today I think just reflecting on your life and just pressing pause and you know instead of habitually doing things just you know routine is great routine is so important but also accepting change and accepting yourself for who you are and then maybe where someone else is at whether it's your kids your people your husband your partner whoever it might be it's kind of you know thinking outside of yourself and being open-minded mm-hmm. what about you Nikki? Yeah. Um, all of that spirituality, man, we could go on for hours, but, um, in, in the honor of time and children that are locked in different rooms. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, yeah, I think of often the phrase, the power of pause, um, because the pause, especially in our little zoom rooms can seem like they're frozen. Oh, what's happened? We're up. Um, and really there is a lot of power in pausing, right? Whether it, whether it's silence or whether it's, um, taking everything off your to-do list for the day or the week, um, that, that there's so much that arises when we allow ourselves space, um, thoughts, emotions, conversations like this. Yeah. I I mean, I think whoever's listening, it's kind of a, it seems important to, to share that, Molly and I often don't know what we're going to say or talk about and we meet in the zoom room (laughs) and and just sort of see what arises and then one of us says oh we should record this (laughs) (laughs) which is how we found ourselves here you know so I, I think that's a that's a cool tool and that we really met during COVID and we've only met in the flesh once um but th- this this podcast or these drop drop in deep dives is really um, us getting to know each other and learn about each other and and just ask deep questions of ourselves and, and our families, you know. Yeah. So that's it. That's what I got. Cool. Well, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys, and we'll talk again soon. Yeah. See you next episode. <laughs>